Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome in, everybody, to the Belly Up Fans Live Dynasty Edition. This is not a rerun. This <laughs> That's right. I am back for the day. The top duck needed a break, so I gave him one. I said, hell yeah, I'll step back in. Hell yeah, I want to talk some football with Chase, and I want to talk some football with Kevin. And as you know, I am joined by Mr. Kevin Wilson and Chase on this Memorial Day weekend. First off, before I get it to these guys, I want to thank everybody who's done service in the past. And obviously, this is a day of mourning our dead. So just thank you all around to the people that want to suit up and want to, you know, serve their country. Um, and, you know, thank you to Kevin as well as a former member of the Navy. Yeah. So I'm going to bounce it around to everybody and stop talking here. Kevin, how are you doing today? You know, uh, Justin, I'm doing great. And, you know, you, you, you just said it. And, uh, you know, shout out to, well, I guess we can give a shout out to the guys that uh, actually gave their lives, you know, to uh, to us. We can have freedom, but appreciation. That's right. Here's my salute. Cheers to them. To them. Salute to them because we have freedom today because they paid the ultimate sacrifice. And so uh, those that uh, I'll just you know say those that are out there wanting to protest America. I'm not hearing that this weekend. Because it is about the people that gave their lives so we could have freedom. At least we can all agree on that. I mean, that's, that's the right. least we can all Absolutely. agree on. Thank you. Do not take it for for granted. This is our freedom, and we have it because of those people and because of people like Kevin. Um, Chase, how are you doing today, buddy? Oh, it was a late night. It's been an early morning. Uh, I've got a play <laughs> going on right now. I've been building set and directing and acting, trying to get this playoff. We got it open Wednesday and I didn't leave the theater last night till about quarter to one. So uh, it's been a, it's been a long week, so, <laughs> but I, when I'm here, I'm ready to talk. Some football. Okay. You're doing the real player coach there thing, aren't you? You're, you're yeah. acting, directing, set building. You're doing it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could, you'd be selling the concessions too, right? <laughs> I'm like Curly Lambeau with Packers. Yep. Yep. There you go. Everything, a little bit of everything. So there you go. That's what I like there to hear. Man. I like to hear it. Fucking hard workers. That's what Belly Up's all about. Being hard workers. We are. And putting it out We're there. Bringing on the power. The grind. The grind. 
Um, but anyways, guys, before we get into this one's going to be a good episode because we're going to be talking dynasty strategies. We're going to talking ADP players that we want for each strategy. And, you know, obviously it's going to be a great episode as far as, you know, content goes. But I want to get some stuff out that has happened this week because it actually has been an entertaining week. We found out, you know, Colin Kaepernick got a tryout with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, obviously, there's not much to say there because Josh <laughs> McDaniel said everything when he said, we only talk about players on the team. And then he ended the conversation there. <laughs> so you can see how that workout kind of went for Cap. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm, my question is, is, does this kind of finally put the nail in the coffin for is this guy ever going to have a backup career for you guys? You know, McDaniels brought him in and then pretty much said, yeah, no. Um, I'll, I'll pass it around to whoever wants to comment on that. Um, what do you guys think? Do you guys think this finally is the, well, finally the nail in the coffin there? Yeah, that little hiccup or whatever that was, Justin, you just gave pretty much, you know, <laughs> that narrows it all down to, to Colin Kaepernick as far as I'm concerned because the thing that's never come out about him is what did he ask for, you know, as far as pay is concerned, you know, throughout all of this. And if he's been looking for starters money, he was never going to get that ever. And, you know, he hasn't been on a football field for, was it, five years now? Four or five, whatever it is. It, and, it might uh, be even more, yeah. Yeah, so when when he was last on a football field, you know, let's put it plainly, he sucked. He did. Yep. So he's, you know, let's not talk about Colin Kaepernick anymore after this episode because he's done. I don't think he ever really wanted to play. He wanted to pump up his publicity and, you know, and, and sell his Nike shoes and whatever else. And so he is not relevant as a football player at all. Kevin shutting the door. Shutting Chase, the door. are you locking it now? Yeah, it's locking and barricaded. You know, you know. I have a you know the saying about being in the outhouse. Well, he's in the outhouse with the door locked from the outside. So just oh <laughs> yeah. He's uh, if, if I, Kevin I, gets I, his I, chance, he's gonna roll that porta potty down. It's the gonna hill. go downhill. <laughs> That's right. Jackass episode. <laughs> That's well, right. Uh, I, I agree he's irrelevant right now from a football standpoint. He's not on a roster, hasn't been on a roster, like you said, for five five years or so. Um, do I think he's serious about playing? I mean, I don't think he I, – I, he's been working out. I actually read an article the other day that, that talked about how serious they think he is about wanting to try a comeback. I just don't know at this point if that's a feasible thing, regardless of all of, – of, of, the idea that it, he, he looks blackballed by the league for, for all the, the protesting and things like that from, from five, six years ago. Um, he just, he hasn't been on a roster forever and he plays the most difficult position in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's not that I don't think he's probably still athletic. It's not that I don't think that the guy, you know, wasn't, it maybe is an NFL caliber player. He just, he, like you said, he didn't look great his last time out, which was like forever ago, especially in sports terms. And he just, he, he's been gone too long. We saw Tim Tebow try to make a comeback after several years. We know that didn't work and he wasn't trying to play quarterback. Uh, I just, I, I think it's probably over for Colin Kaepernick as a, as an NFL player. Would I be completely shocked if someone was needy and uh, needy from a backup quarterback standpoint, needy from a publicity standpoint, maybe even 
and sign him. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, at this point, though, I think his best bet, if he, if he honestly does want to play professional football, I think his better shot is through one of the uh, periphery leagues, the uh, AFL, USFL, uh, indoor arena, fan controlled or whatever. I think that's probably his better bet if he is really serious about wanting to play professional football again. And that might be a ticket back in as a backup. But I think his days as a starter uh, have been numbered for a couple of years. He just hasn't been in the in the picture. That's a great point. I mean, if you really want to play football, like you said, you will find a way to play football. There are so many leagues now. Um, we can't forget that P.J. Walker is in the NFL now because he balled out in what was the reminiscent of the uh, resurrection of the XFL that failed again, yes. right? Yes. You know, he got a roster spot and still has one to this day. But, you know, to be honest with you, I think nowadays what they're looking at a backup quarterback, they're looking at somebody who is knowledgeable. And one thing that we really can't say too much about Colin Kaepernick, he was a raw talent. He was athletic when he was with the 49ers, but he seemed to make a lot of bad mistakes and it never really got cleaned up as he aged. So one wonders if maybe he's not getting the call for a backup quarterback job because he just doesn't have what it takes to pass on some sort of mentorship or really like take, you know, control of like a game plan and try and like help out as almost like a second coach, because right. you know, why did, why does Chase Daniel have a job? Right. Chase Daniel, when you put him side by side with Colin Kaepernick, I'd take Colin Kaepernick in a heartbeat because obviously he has more athletic talent. He has more gifts, but yes. you know, Chase Daniels probably, you know, filled into his role as a backup, learned more from coaching staffs and can offer more as a sideline general, as a second guy in that offense than a Colin Kaepernick could. So I think we can definitely close the book on Colin Kaepernick. Hopefully he goes out, maybe finds a job, USFL, fan leagues, uh, XFL is coming up again. You know, go do it if you really want to play cap. Don't expect the NFL to come knocking anymore because I think that's done. Yep. Um, uh, from that rant, let's talk about two other quarterbacks and a receiver that are out of OTAs. Tell me how serious you guys are taking this as far as drafting-wise. We have Lamar Jackson not showing up to OTAs, Kyler Murray not showing up to OTAs, and Devo Samuel all not showing up to OTAs because of one thing. They want themselves a new contract. They want the money. They want to get paid for their position. They know that they're the most valuable player on that team. From a standpoint of drafting these guys, are you worried at all about any of them? No. I'll go with Chase first. I'm not I'm not worried at all. I, I, if you're in a contract dispute, you're trying to get more money. And in Lamar Jackson's case, it's not even necessarily a dispute. Everything I've seen says that it's uh, it's – it's still amicable on both sides. They're still both open to a contract. Lamar Jackson works as his own agent, so he doesn't have that go-between, and he just he's made the decision, hey, okay, we'll, we'll wait on it, okay. But it's it's smart from a football standpoint, from a life standpoint for these guys. If they're, if they're holding out, if they want more money, it's a voluntary thing. OTAs is a voluntary thing. Lamar Jackson has been the quarterback on that team for years now, doesn't have to worry about trying to learn a new offense or come in with a new coach. Uh, he doesn't need to be there. He's, he's not going to build. Yes. He's got a ton of receivers that are not Marquise Brown anymore, but he does not need to be there to learn that offense. And he can get his timing down in mandatories and in minicamp. 
he does not need to be there for, for organized team activities uh, at all. Uh, Kyler Murray, same thing. Uh, we know that he scrubbed social media of all of the Cardinals references and everything, but he, he has since uh, you know, come back to the fold. But if, if you don't want to get hurt, there, there's a lot of ways to get hurt on a football field. You don't have to just get crushed by JJ Watt or, you know, or Lawrence Taylor to, to be hurt on a football field. They've got a lot of money right in on this. Football is not guaranteed contracts unless you sign the guaranteed money like Deshaun Watson did. Uh, I think it's, it's smart for some of these guys not to be there. I think it's much more fodder for us to talk about in the media exactly. uh, on the four letter and things like that than it is in the locker room. I think those guys understand that it's a business. I have not heard that things are terrible teammate wise between Debo Samuel and the 49ers and the rest of the guys in the locker room between Kyler Murray and the rest of the guys in the locker room. They all know it's a business because they all are in the business too. Um, I'm not worried about it at all. All indications are that Kyler Murray is the starting quarterback for the, for the Arizona Cardinals and Lamar Jackson is the starting quarterback for the Ravens. They will be in week one. And we know what those two men can do uh, from a fantasy scoring standpoint. We saw what Debo Samuel is capable of. And right now, I don't care what roster Debo Samuel is on. Uh, you know, he's got talent. He's going to get the football. I'm not worried about any of those three, three guys. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, you know, it, it always becomes a thing every offseason. Somebody's looking for a new contract. Um, obviously, with Kyler and Lamar, you know, those guys are two quarterbacks. So, they're going to be demanding a lot of money. Um, and both organizations have the money to pay them. My major worry, and it's not just that I'm a 49er fan, I want to take up time to talk about them, but it's the fact that Debo wants a good chunk of change and the 49ers don't have the money to give it to him. And that's a whole, you got to get rid of G, Jimmy G somehow. Then you got to pay Bosa as well. You didn't get rid of him at the trade or at the draft time. And, you know, at the end of the day, one thing I talked about on my show was when Debo Samuel went down with injuries, it was because a lot of the times he came into uh, training camp out of shape. And he would come in out of shape, you know. And that was the whole lead up to manufactured touches. The whole term manufactured touches came into play when he was doing training camp and couldn't separate from um, corners anymore. So they just decided, Hey, we're just going to do a bunch of end arounds and get you the ball anyways. Cause he was just too slow off a broken foot. He came in out of shape, a little bit fatter than usual. Um, I'm one to talk about being fat, but he came, in a, <laughs> he came in a little bit bigger than usual. And that's kind of one thing I'm looking at this. I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to doubt that this man can keep himself in shape, but is he going to keep himself in football shape? Because there is a difference, right? And especially Absolutely. when he's taking all those hits. You know, this is a man who has consistently had soft tissue injuries. He has a hamstring injury pass. Obviously, the broken foot. I don't think the broken foot is much to worry about, but the hamstring issue is always something to worry about when you're talking about wide receivers. So I look at this and I go, all right, I'm going to get a little bit worried. I'm not like – 10 out of 10 worried, but you know, I'm, I'm getting there maybe about like two, three worried. And a lot of it's just because this is a guy who takes the ball a lot. He's on the field a lot. He's getting hit. You need to be in a certain level of shape to take all that and not get injured. So that's where I'm kind of at with that. Um, Kev, how are you feeling about this whole situation? Well, this is, you know, we talked last week about, you know, doing drafts and stuff. 
you know, early. And this is a prime indication of why you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we talk about Lamar Jackson, we, you know, as Chase said, we know he's going to be there week one. And Carly Murray, we know he's going to be there week one. When it comes to Samuel, we don't even know if he'll be on the 49ers at this point or not. And because uh, you know, that whole relationship has, you know, deteriorated. And so if he's on the 49ers, I think, you know, everything is going to be fine. But what if he gets, you know, the 49ers actually do trade him? Then how does he mesh in with his other team? How's, you know, are they going to scheme? You know, we, we've talked about all that before. And so we don't know when it comes to Samuel what's going to happen with him more than these other, other guys. And so, you know, I know you're the 49ers guy and everything else that I, I, I would think I would be a little bit more concerned if I were you, when it comes to Samuel, if I was a 49ers guy, I'd probably maybe a five at this point, <laughs> as far as concern is, you know, but as far as a fantasy standpoint, now, if you already have your fantasy team and you have him on your team already, then yeah, you might want to be a little concerned because you already have him. But, uh, you know, we're just going to have to play this forward and see how things work out. And, and, and hopefully you and the 49ers both are happy when, when week one comes around. I'm going to, I'm going to temper my, my non-concern about Debo by saying that I wasn't necessarily as high on him coming into this year as some people are anyway. Last year was a pretty special year. We know that a big part of his dispute right now is not wanting to play the running back role as much. And a big part of his value last year came from playing the running back role. Now in real life football, the threat will always be there, whether they give him the ball as much going forward or not in the backfield, the threat will always be there from a real life football standpoint. The guy is still as valuable as he was last year. No doubt. I agree that like, yeah, if I'm a 49er fan, I'm a little worried. Like, are we going to have the guy? Are we not? Uh, But from a fantasy football standpoint, I don't think that you're looking at Debo Samuel as automatically recreating last year's magic. Um, I'm not, I'm certainly not taking him as a, as a top five type wide receiver this year. I'm not looking at him like that. If he's on my dynasty team, I don't think I'm moving on from him unless I get a crazy ass offer, but I wasn't as big on him coming in because I just think there has to be some regression from last year. Like you said, he's been hurt in the past. He hasn't necessarily put up the kinds of numbers that we saw last year all around. Uh, and so am I worried about him from a fantasy standpoint? I'm not as worried as I might've been because I wasn't as high on him coming into this year as I could have been. See, he made it onto my list a little while back of tradable assets right now. And a lot of it is based off of exactly what you just said. How highly, how likely is he to replicate the season that he just did? He had eight rushing touchdowns, which is crazy. So, when I looked at that, I was just like, are you looking at an opportunity to really capitalize on a man's value right. um, rather than keep him on your team? And, you know, he could obviously go off again or that could have been his best season of his career. You know what and I mean? Like in a dynasty format, that's a key. That's a key to, to keep in mind. Exactly. Exactly. So I've I've every league I've been in, I've always been testing the waters. 
to kind of see what the value is on guys like him and Austin Eckler. Because when you get those guys that make that huge jump, you know, you don't know if it's going to be sustained success. It's not like Justin Jefferson going from one year to the next. He just goes up a little bit higher. These guys literally took like this giant leap up there in touchdowns. You know, Austin Eckler went from three touchdowns to 20 touchdowns total with receiving and, you know, rushing. Same with Debo Samuel. He went from four touchdowns to 13, or actually 15. I'm sorry. So it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and you go, okay, this is the testable waters here. Can we see if we can move on from him, get some more assets, and kind of better our team? Fantasy data has him as the number five receiver in ADP right now, 14th overall. And that's based on last that's based on last mm-hmm. year. That's all based on guys and girls' perceptions of what he's going to do based on what he did last year. Don't chase the touchdowns. Like we've like is it's one of the fantasy laws. Don't chase touchdowns, eight touchdowns yeah. rushing for a wide receiver. That's more than a lot of most of the goal line backs in the league had last year. Exactly. Exactly. There's going to be some regression there from a rushing standpoint for sure. And a lot of people want to figure in that this is just going to be a rushing team. You got Trey Lance for a reason. Cause he's got a big arm. You're not going to just be rushing the ball anymore. You want to shift towards more of a passing, like, you know, more of a variety in your game. You still have, you still have Ayuk. Yeah, exactly. You have Ayuk. You went out and you got a burner and Danny Gray who ran a four, three, eight. I mean, you got a lot of guys out there that can really mix it up now. And you don't go and get these guys unless you know that you have somebody to get them the ball. So my biggest, my biggest takeaway for a lot of the fantasy community don't believe the hype that happened last year. This is a whole new year. Start to look at it from a different lens. You know, these are the types of, like, when you start thinking, oh, it's a Shanahan offense, and the Shanahan offense can't advance to being more of a pass offense, that's when you start to get locked in the players and married to players that may not succeed at that next level. Plus, they play the Seahawks twice this year, so they're going to want to throw the ball all over the place. Hey, 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 hey. hey. That's, that's going to be a defensive game that. right there. <laughs> I've, been, I've been giving it to Duck enough over the Cole Strange pick. I told him I was going to get a shot in on that, but I had I couldn't resist that take one. <laughs> you, you know, Justin, you talked about Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's done it before. Yes. And he is a running back who catches the ball. And they're yeah. gonna, he's going to be doing that again this year. So if anybody out there has uh, – Let's say I did have Debo Samuel, and you wanted to trade me Austin Eckler for him. That's a done deal right there, without hesitation whatsoever. Because to me, Austin Eckler is a top five fantasy player, regardless of what we're talking about. When we're talking about redraft, we're talking about PPR, we're talking about dynasty, whatever it is, Austin Eckler is a top five player. Well, so what I was more or less referencing is the massive jump in touchdowns. So, right. like yeah, I said, don't chase the touchdowns, chase the targets, and chase the, you know, the targets. You know, when you talk about receiving targets, is what it, you know I look at. Yeah. And uh, the targets are there for Austin Eckler. Oh, They've of course, yeah. No, I 100 percent agree. I I just wanted to make the clarity that I was more or less the the regression is gonna be there. Like you don't just go from three to twenty and not go in between. You know what I mean? Afterwards. Yeah. But um, right. So, you know, if he comes down to 15, you're still in good shape. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, even if comes down to 12, you know, you're 100%. still okay. 
So let's talk about another guy who's kind of getting some value. David Njoku, let's talk about him before we go to our Manscape ad. David Njoku just has a $46 contract. Are you guys looking to maybe target this guy a little bit more? I think he's still only 26. He's tight end. He's right now tight at 22. You got a quarterback that you know can, you know, two quarterback things are Baker Mayfield. But, um, yeah, so, you know, he goes from, you know, Baker Mayfield, who is, you know, kind of like a, you know, Geo Metro, the like with Deshaun Watson, a guy who's a quarterback five, before he was, you know, playing last year, he was quarterback five. Like, literally, that was quarterback five. So, what do you guys think of this product? He's at least the guy you could take a flyer on. Do you think that maybe he could actually be something? Go first. <laughs> or taste, go taste. All right. Or, is ready. Yeah. I, am, I am a uh, secondary Cleveland fan. Uh, they're, my, they're Team B after Green Bay. Um, and I am going to say what I've said on this program already several times. I've said it on Twitter. I've said it on Facebook. I've said it everywhere I can say it. At a certain point, a guy is who we thought he is. Um, Cordero Patterson had a great year last year, but we always knew he was dynamic in, you know, in space and with the football. He just hadn't played for teams that got him the football in creative ways before some of them gave it a shot, but it didn't. It didn't happen. Uh, at this point, David Njoku is a really athletic guy who plays tight end in the National Football League, but is just not a superstar caliber tight end. If you want to take a flyer on him, that's fine. We're in dynasty. Um, you're looking for the future. He's not overly old yet, but. Are you going to base your future on on the substantial past we've already seen from the guy? I like him as a player. Again, a real-life player. I'm glad he's on the Browns. I don't think he's worth the money that they're giving him. I think it was awkward that they brought in Austin Hooper last year. I think that, yeah. I think that pretty much derailed any kind of progress that they were going to make with David Njoku. Uh, and now trying to like recapture the magic that you thought might have been there. Uh, that's a lot of ifs, buts, and wishes for me. I'm <laughs> not sold on. I like David Njoku as a player on a real life team. I don't like him on my fantasy team. I don't care if it's daily. I don't care if it's dynasty. I don't care if it's redraft. I don't care if it's best ball. I'm, I'm not sold on him. He just has not shown enough and done it. Period. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Kev, do you feel the same way? I, I, you know, I do feel that way because you talk about, you know, the tight end position is, is, you know, is pretty much in in the backwoods anyway. And so if you uh, take a tight end, you know, one of the better tight ends and you're looking for a backup, I would, I would look to, you know, somewhere like maybe three Freemuth, however you pronounce his name from, from the Steelers, Mm -hmm. somebody like that. Maybe uh, Noah Font that's over in Seattle now because whoever quarterbacks them is going to need to throw the ball in the flat right. a lot. And so <laughs> these one of the, you know one of those would be a much better backup tight end to me 
than than Nojaku, and uh, he hasn't played with this quarterback before, and uh, we don't know, you know, how they're going to mesh if they're going to mesh, and uh, I just don't see him as being a tight end that you can have on your fantasy team and feel very confident, even if he's your backup guy whatsoever. He's a bye week fill in, maybe. It, for maybe, me, I'm t- maybe. And I hope he proves me otherwise because, like I said, I'm a Cleveland fan. But I, the guy you brought up, Noah Fant, even with God knows who throwing him the football up there in the Northwest, <laughs> uh, I would rather have Noah Fant on my roster than David and Joku. He's I gonna have his old buddy from Denver, Drew Locke, throwing him the ball. Yeah, he's just but, gonna he's just gonna have to hope that it doesn't go over his head and into the safety's uh, right. But if it is Drew Lock, <laughs> if Drew Lock is the starter up there, they do have they already have chemistry. Each other. Yeah, I would. Mu- there is chemistry going on right there. Maybe it's not great. No. you know, and uh, you know, as a Seattle guy, I could say that you know, as soon as they announce this trade, I like Drew Lock. Come on now, you can't be serious. But uh, <laughs> apparently, they are. They had to get someone so, back. They wouldn't have had anybody play quarterback, and they they apparently don't want. I, you to get know, I, I I I get that. I totally get that. But uh, so yeah, so Noah Font is a guy that uh, when I've been doing these mock drafts has been available, you know, towards the end of the draft. So he's a guy that you could pick up. There are some other guys that are out there. Fant that, is still uh, young. Fant is still young too for a dynasty. Yeah, Fant, that's right. You know, so if we're talking dynasty, which of course we are, you know, he's got some seasons left on him, and uh, you know, if the Seahawks aren't going to let you know he's going to be their tight end for a while because they've been shuffling guys in and out of that position for a long time now, and so they don't have to worry about that anymore. So, like, so so here's my problem with the the Fant versus Joku. I think Fant is the more talented tight end overall but you got to look at it from a perspective of how are they going to feed the mouse around them um you know you look at seattle they kind of have the same problem that cleveland has but when you look at seattle you have drew lock trying to feed metcalf Lockett, uh in joku or not in joku fant and then you know kenny walker is going to peel off some too but you know that's a whole system that's run first just kind of like the browns are so when when they do get it off, how are we gonna you know know who's going to have the big games? You'd almost have to take these both in like best ball formats because that would be the only way that's gonna be safe that you're gonna know when to actually play these games because the computer's gonna do it for you. Um, well, that that that's why Justin, I'd be much more concerned if I'm in fantasy if I have somebody like Metcalf, you know, or one of you know one of those guys. Can Drew Lock get them the ball? Right. We'll, we'll so see. You know, I, I, we've got to pass that ball down the field. Whereas the tight end, all you got to do is flip it out maybe 10, 15 yards down the field to get yeah. it to the tight end. And so I would feel much more confident in, in fans' upside yes. because we know that he can at least throw the ball, you know, that far. It's down, unfortunate so. because DK Metcalf, like you just said, DK Metcalf takes a step back. No matter he does. What he takes a huge year. step back because you know he's a guy that you can throw that ball forty-five yards down the field and he'll he'll be there. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over fifty years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things: customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. 
Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. So and that's so- that's another thing. You, I'm glad you brought that up because we all remember Cortland Sutton off of his, I think it was 2019 season where he had this amazing run. Guess what? Guess who his quarterback was? Drew Locke. That's why I think, you know, Metcalf's going to take a step back, but it's not going to be such a hard step back that everybody thinks it's going to be because Drew Locke has a gun. He has an arm. Okay. He has a cannon. Yeah. He is known for throwing quarterback. it all He's the way downfield. Yeah. I mean, he's not a great quarterback. He doesn't make no. the smartest decisions, but he has an arm. So when I look at that, I go, okay, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett might be okay. Yeah. Noah Fant never succeeded with Drew Locke. Never. Never had a good year with Drew Locke. So I'm looking at that. Maybe it just rolls over to Seattle. Maybe, you know, they find some way to get him involved because, I mean, the guy's a freak of nature. He should be involved in the offense. But that's the perspective I'm looking from. You know, this guy's never had success with him. When he had success, it was with the outside perimeter receivers downfield. So just looking in hindsight, I look at that and I go, okay, Metcalf should be fine. Lockett could be fine. Well, that makes me feel better. Just, you know, you talking about that, Justin, makes me feel better as a Seahawk fan. (laughs) All right. So, you know, (laughs) because I think that Tyler Lockett is not the, you know, the burner of them out of the two. So, you know. Tyler so, Lockett is a good receiver, though. Tyler Lockett he is an outstanding receiver. And yeah. so, you know, and they've got the offensive line they're building now after, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, hit the hit the bricks. That's hilarious, isn't it? I, I yeah, never that's hilarious. I still don't to this day understand that. But uh, so, so okay, so I feel a bit better. But, I, you know, if it comes down, like I said, to Najaku or Fant later in the draft, yeah. and I only have one tight end, I'm still going Fant because, especially in Dynasty, for the upside that he has, that he's going to have five, four or five more years in the league. Well, yeah, and, you, and no offense to to Luke Wilson or Gerald Everett or anybody else they've had there uh, in recent years, but Noah Fant is the best is the best tight end they've had in quite a while. In a while, from a from a from a, a long time because they've been yes. having like two three guys they brought in, yes. you know, guys that are almost as old as I am to play the position, and it just hasn't worked out. Right, and and and. I, I think that, you know, Lockett, like you said, Lockett is a first down guy. Lockett is your chain mover and Metcalf is your big gun. But there is room in that offense for a third receiver. They don't have necessarily a running back right now. Well, you know, like you said, P.J. Walker will pull some things off too. But they're looking for a third option in that in that passing game. They don't have it in the receiver room. But Fant is a guy that has done it, can do it. Um, like you, like we've been talking about to bring it back to the original David and Joku. I am, I'm a Browns fan and I would rather have Fanton and Joku on my roster, especially in a dynasty format going forward. He's a little bit younger. He's got more time in front of him, I think. And at this point we know who Njoku is. Njoku at his best is not who Fant has been at his best. He's just not regardless of his athleticism. He's just not. 
So one year separates in Joku and Fant, and I'm just going to tie it off with this. Um, I think that they're both excellent best ball guys because you can go out there. They're both prone to having big weeks, and they're both also prone to going silent for a long stretch. So if you go out, you grab either one of them. You can grab both of them because they're both only separated by like five and ADP. You know, I think Noah Fant's 17 right now, 17 or 16, and I know Njoku's 22. So these guys are both haveable, and you can roster them, and then guess what? They have a 22-point week. Oh, shit, best ball? You got it. You know, you don't have to decide between either one of them. And, you know, like I said, quarterback always kind of does it for me. So hopefully down the line, Seattle, Kev, I hope you guys go out and get yourself a quarterback with that first overall pick that you're going to get. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, that bad. next year does have the quarterbacks in the draft that did not have this past draft. So that might be a I bet you're know, happy you didn't grab somebody this year. Because this year's draft would have been <laughs> would have been a whiff. Well, you know, they passed on Malik Willis not once but twice. That tells me all I need to know about him. About Malik Willis, exactly. Yes, about right. Malik Willis, exactly. All right, guys. So I'm going to do a quick commercial break for us. From our boys over at Manscaped, Dan Mater's going to tell you all about the summertime vibes. Summer is coming, the sun is shining, shirts are off, and your balls are smooth. You heard that right. Your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. In summer, you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibe with pubes peeking out of your swim trunks. That's why Manscaped has their Performance Package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Dive head first into the summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare for that summer bod. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, and performance boxer briefs with a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Want to take your grooming to games even further? Take a look at Manscaped Shears 2.0, a package that has everything you need to look pristine. Nail cutters, tweezers, and grooming scissors. With the Performance Package 4.0, your balls will be ready to impress. But make sure you cover the rest with the Shears 2.0 and you'll be ready to perform from head to toe. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. And one more time, that's promo code BELLYUPFANTASY for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. This is a summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped. And that is right. Manscaped has you covered. It makes you look good during the summertime. And Dan Mater, you can narrate the hell out of a Manscaped <laughs> ad. You should be getting paid by Manscaped, period, my That's friend. That's right. You sure should. And I might uh, say, Justin, that, uh, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, I'm a spokesman, but I'm also a client. Well, there you go. Manscaped right there. It's a weed whacker. It's a great product. It is. Go out and get yourself one. So I can say that I've used it. It's awesome. So there you go. Yep. 
I, I have used, uh, they have shampoo, they have body wash, they have crop exfoliator, they have everything you need, and I have used it all. It's fantastic stuff, guys. Go out and get yourself some. Do not look like a shaggy dog in the summer. Go out and get no, some, guys. No, not, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, do yourself a favor, no. <laughs> um, well, anyways, guys, this is a Dynasty Strategy Show. So yes. we're going to pop right. right into it. I'm going to give you a scenario. You're going to tell me your strategy. And you're going to tell Bring me, it. guys, that you're looking to get in this scenario. All right, guys. You want to do this. It is a one QB league. I okay. want you to tell me how That's you're going into it. And I want to tell me, I want you to tell me three main guys you're looking to get out of every single one QB league. And tell me, tell me your first quarterback as well. So whoever wants to go first. Come on, step on up. All right, I'll step in there. So, you know, when when we're talking about one quarterback leagues and we're talking about dynasty, that's kind of to me like redraft. You don't want to get, you know, and and take quarterbacks high. You don't want to do that. There are certainly, you know, quarterbacks that you can take later on in the draft. You always see that where somebody inevitably takes a quarterback that's way too high. Yep. And, it, you know, and there are other players because when you take the, you know, I'm going to say Josh Allen is my top quarterback. And so when you take Josh Allen at number one and you take maybe somebody down way, you know, a little bit further down in the draft, what their point differentials are at the end of the year, it's not that substantial. Whereas if you take maybe the first running back and then maybe the 10th running back, there's probably a gigantic drop off in points right there and so you know in in one quarterback leagues you know stay calm with the quarterback position don't overreact they're going to come off the board usually when you're doing a draft people start to panic don't get caught up in that just wait for your guy that you don't want to like take Aaron Rodgers in dynasty if you're a startup obviously as your number one quarterback, because he is thirty, what eight years old now. There, there is a strategy behind that, right? There is. Strategy. there is a there's strategy. There is a strategy. There certainly is, but uh, you know, when we're talking about dynasty, if you can get somebody that's twenty six, twenty seven, later on in the draft, you're in good shape going forward. To me. So, Kev, what's your strategy? Are you going win now? Are you going young? Are you yes, trying well, to mix and blend right, it? So. I have done some some looking into this, and when you're talking about dynasty, there are a lot of guys that you know they're thinking, okay, it's dynasty, you know, you got to look to the future or whatever, and so they start freaking out to get the younger players, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, so man. and so, but you also have to remember you've got a season in front of you that you have to get ready for, Somebody's and so you got all these guys that are taking 21, 22 year olds that you don't even know what their potential is just yet. Whereas you could take somebody, like I said, that's 26 years old, 27, that's going to be in the NFL four or five more years. And, and, and especially late, you know, later on, you, you want to kind of even things out a little bit, but you don't want to flip out over young. I got to get my young guy. I got to get him. I got to get him. And mm-hmm. then, so you're, you're, you're season one and all of a sudden now you're behind the eight ball. So that's the way I kind of, you know, don't freak out over the young players, you know, because you've got your young veteran players that can help you win now, but also 
give you maybe some maybe things aren't going so well in your season, but you've got some veterans that you can trade later on to help build your team as well. But if you've got a bunch of young guys that, you know, and they're not producing, nobody's going to want them. How about you, Chase? How are you attacking a, a one QB league and dynasty? Well, quarterback, unlike running back, unlike every other position except maybe kicker, uh, quarterback is a position where the guy will have value for a long stretch of time. Mm-hmm. You, you, if you take a guy in his mid-20s, you might have a quarterback for the next 10, 10 years or so, even 10, 12 years, depending on the guy. Quarterback has much longer value than running back whereas running back has immediate value in their youth and it tails off and and it's a demonstrable curve as they go on um you've got to look at your you've got to come into your draft if you're in a startup draft you've got to come into it with with a strategy and i know that sounds it sounds like a trope but it really is true are you looking to be the guy that wins the league this first year somebody's going to have to win it this year are you mm-hmm. looking to be a big gun early and then retool for a couple of years? Or are you looking three, four years down the road? Are you taking like a, like a process strategy, uh, a major league baseball, you know, general manager strategy and looking three, four years down the road? Um, you can take an Aaron Rodgers if you want to try and win now, win next year, possibly. Um mm-hmm. From my standpoint, especially where it comes to ADP, I agree. Josh Allen is a top is a top quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is a top quarterback. From an ADP standpoint, Joe Burrow going about fourth or fifth, uh, and with the receivers he has around him and the offense that he's in, I would be looking at somebody like a Joe Burrow. I don't want to have to pay the draft capital I'm going to have to pay for a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen at the quarterback position. You're right in that, Kevin, where you don't want to jump too early on it. You are going to have options later. You're going to have have guys that come available. You can take a a Rodgers. You can take a a Russell Wilson and then see what you can get in a draft in a year, two, three um, from the quarterback position because there's just not the volatility between one and 10 or one and 12 that you see at some of the other positions. So I would be looking at somebody like a Burrow who maybe flies a little bit under the radar. You can get him at a decent price without having to, to blow a real early round uh, you know, pick on him. Again, too, though, part of the strategy going into your draft is knowing the guys and girls that you're drafting with. Hopefully, if you're in a league, you know mm-hmm. the people in the league. And if you're anything like my league, I know what kind of guy – each guy is going to go for. I mean, we we all have jokes about which guy in the league is is always going to take the mic <laughs> about what you know. Uh, you know what the people you play with prefer, and uh, you can use that to your advantage in a, in a draft. And that's that's redraft. That's that's dynasty. That's whatever. Um, that's auction. But uh, I would be looking at somebody like a Burrow would be my ideal right now probably pick up for a quarterback for a dynasty standpoint because of the price that I can get him for and the length of time I'm going to have him for and the situation that he's in. I like it. I like what both of you guys said about the QB. Don't make it the most important thing in a single QB. I mean, they're an important position, but like Chase said, like there's not too much variation between one and 10. Um, 
you know, one thing, you know, I also like what you said, reading the people, but just reading the board. You know, yeah. a lot of people will sometimes right. just yeah. go when they go QB, their QB one is first taken off in the third round. You know, people are, it's going to start a chain reaction. Yep. People are going to start thinking, okay, Allen's gone. I got to get Herbert. Oh, Herbert's gone. I got to get Mahomes. So then right. you start to take advantage of that chain reaction and you go in there and you go, okay, well, now I can get somebody like a Nick Chubb in the third round, really bolster up my running back room. And then, like you that's said, that's go yeah, and get a Burrow like later a lot, on, or a Rogers later on. Right. It's if really, Rogers is your number two quarterback in your fantasy league, you are in good shape. Yeah. Well, and, or if, yeah, if, if you nail the other positions and it's a start, it's a startup dynasty and you have to settle for Russell Wilson. As your yeah, you're in good shape because he's going to play four or five more years. Yeah. Right. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had I had an ugly draft about two years ago where I ended up investing in Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, um, Drew Locke, just shit quarterbacks. I didn't have one solid <laughs> quarterback, but guess what? I've never had a losing well, you season. You must have had, had, had a lot of toilet paper sitting around your house oh, when you had that. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I never had a losing I but I finished third last year. Good work. And, and I just turned that shit around right. and now I have good so, quarterbacks. You know, and, and there's always a quarterback that comes out of nowhere like Tyler Honeke, somebody like that. Is yeah. uh you know I traded a second round pick in my dynasty league last year, got him and then and he helped me because I won my fantasy league last year. And so you know, you've got to be able to adapt, you know, read, you know, how your team is doing, what you need, and then don't be afraid to make a move. And, and, and you know, we're talking about startups, but, you know, we're talking, once, once you get into it, you need to be able to read what you need and see what you can get without having no repay. And, and I got one more thing for you guys. Don't be afraid to be the first guy to take a quarterback. If it's the fifth round, and you've already oh, yeah. got if two you're running backs covered, you got you've got a receiver either, covered, you know, you've got a tight go end covered, go, yeah. go get Josh Allen. They also score the most points on your team. But well, go get yeah. them. Trust, trust me, Justin, if you're, you know, it doesn't matter what draft you are in, there's quarterbacks that are not going to be waiting around to the fifth round. It ain't happening. There's not been a draft that I've ever done where nobody took a quarterback in the third round. Josh Allen has a third round ADP. If you can get him in the fifth and he's the first guy off the board, you should not feel bad about that at all. No, no, no. Yeah, no you're not just saying in reality, that's not going to happen in your draft. Don't plan on that because people. Well, I just, uh, the only reason I brought it up is because I just did that in underdog best ball draft. I just got Josh Allen in the fifth. And okay. I am fucking well, stoked. You know, congratulations to you, Justin, because like I said, <laughs> you know, when, when you're dealing with people, real people making fantasy choices, quarterbacks are going to start coming off the board by the third, fourth round at the latest. After dealing with Drew Locke and, and Bridgewater and Darnold, you deserve Josh Allen. That's right. You know, you, yeah, you definitely needed to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chase. <laughs> having a helping hand from, from above on that deal, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, guys, let's get one more in. Yeah. Um, let's talk strategy to quarterbacks. Uh, just give me a little lowdown on what your main strategy is and tell me what is your main strategy for your first two picks? What position do you like to be in draft-wise? Like, you know, 101, 112, that kind of thing. And then um, 
Do you like to go two QBs right away, or do you like to read the room, maybe go running back in a QB, wide receiver in a QB? Let's start this time off with Chase. Tell me how you're feeling about two QB leagues. In a two QB or a super flex type position or whatever, where I know we're, we're targeting at least two quarterbacks, I'm looking quarterback in the first round, uh, and I want one of the top guys. But obviously, if you're if you're picking one eight, one ten, kind of thing, uh, you're not getting Josh Allen. You're not getting Patrick Mahomes. Um, again. You have to read the board, read the room. I am looking for quarterback in round one in that situation, probably no matter what. In round two, I'm not necessarily looking for my quarterback two. I am looking for the best available at whatever I can get outside of possibly tight end. I, I At that point, after I get a quarterback, after I get my top guy, who I, like you said, I know is going to score the most points for my team this year, period. Mm-hmm. I am looking for best available at probably running back or wide receiver. I don't necessarily have to worry about tight end. There's, uh, in, You have to overpay to get Mark Andrews, to get Travis Kelsey, to get George Kittle. Probably to get Darren Waller, which is weird. It's it, That's a way overpay in my opinion. But um, you're going to have to overpay to get a top tight end. But you, everybody wants that quarterback in round one. Depending on where you're at in the draft, tier-wise, if you're in the top four, the top eight, or the top twelve, it's gonna that's gonna dictate who you get in round two. You know, unless you're at the turn and you can get another top tier or starter top type guy, I'm looking best value anywhere else I can get it: running back or wide receiver. Um, the only way I'm taking a number two guy, my number two pick with a quarterback is if I get somebody good in the first round and somebody who's on that 12 to 15 fringe, like a Kirk Cousins type might mm-hmm. come to me. If I can get that on the turn or if I can get that in round two, now I might sacrifice a little bit to try and get to try and get my second quarterback. But there's just not the volatility in the quarterbacks after the after the top starters. Um, there, I think you can find great value elsewhere. I mean, would, how awesome would you feel if you came out of your out of your draft in the first two rounds with a top ten type quarterback, top eight type quarterback, and Jamar Chase? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, you'd feel through the roof because, right. like you said, you can go and you. Can- grab Kirk Cousins or sometimes even Aaron Rodgers will slip into a fourth round where you're like okay because a lot of people fear the age thing right Right. they fear the volatility of him retiring they do Tom Brady is one of those guys that everybody's like oh this is the year he retires so nobody's gonna pick him up to like the fifth sixth round you're making a mistake you got to go get a kind of like a mixture, right? You go get your Deshaun Watson, then you get your Tom Brady. You got your one solid guy, and then you can draft another guy later on. But um, I, I think those are all excellent points. Uh, Kev, how are you feeling about um, super flex drafts? How do you approach them? Well, you know, everything that we just talked about when we were talking about one quarterback leagues, you can just throw that out the window. Uh, <laughs> seriously, you, you know, you know, we talked about you don't want to draft a quarterback early. Well, that's out the window in a, in a, in a two-quarterback league because you have to have two quality quarterbacks, you know, maybe even three, to be able to compete with 
you know, the other teams in your league. So if you've got, you know, just one quarterback, because that was you know, when I first did my first draft, I approached it like it was, was a redraft. And that was a huge mistake because then I looked at it and I'm like, oh, crap, I don't have any, you know, I got my, my starter at quarterback, but then maybe I got, I got nothing else. And so when that, you know, when, when it comes around and, and you know, you got bye weeks and whatever, now you got nothing to play at your quarterback position. You're going to lose that week. Doesn't matter what else you might have. So in the first round, you got to go quarterback to me. It doesn't matter what position you're picking. And so if you're higher up in the draft and you're looking at guys like, you know, we, we talked about earlier, Josh Allen, guys like that, Mahomes, you know, later on, you know, in the first round, you know, because Herbert's off the board probably, I'm sure. But, uh, you know. It's it, not a it, secret anymore, that's for sure. No, it sure <laughs> isn't. And so, you know, you got to take a quarterback. You know, if you're at the – maybe at the – 12 turn and, and, and you can get, I, w- I would be tempted to go two quarterbacks right there and uh, just get that out of the way. So now I've got my position where you can get your most points from your, your quarterback and in your super flex position, you're going to get maximum points week, every, you know, every week. And then you start worrying about, you know, picking your, you know, running backs, the running backs is pretty much whatever, the, you know, league you're in are always going to be at the top of the board. And we've talked about that before. Once you get past the first, what, 10 or so, you know, there are a lot of quality. You know, you don't want to get involved in any of these committee running back scenarios that we've talked about before either. But uh, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so quarterback definitely in the first round. If you're not taking a quarterback in the first in a, in a two quarterback league, then and you're behind the eight ball to me. And you can even, you know, like I said, make an argument of taking that quarterback in the second round as well. And uh, I would feel comfortable doing that. So I'm just going to play devil's advocate real quick. And just because, you know, I love to see, you know, other perspectives. There's, there's also the trend of going against the grain. And I've done this in a couple of drafts before. And, you know, it's, you know, go out and if you can nab Jonathan Taylor and then go nab, you know, like Chase was saying, Jamar Chase. And then on your third pick, you just come around, you swing, and you either get one of the old dogs like a Tom Brady or you grab somebody who's young, up-and-coming, unproven like a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance. And you kind of set yourself up to, you know, you have this big ceiling because you have so much proven talent on the running back and receiver end. And you have, you know, guys that can be consistent like a Tom Brady and guys that you hope can break out like a Zach Wilson. But you're also got that like very low floor to where you're taking a gamble on somebody who's not Justin Herbert, who's not Patrick Mahomes, who's not the proven talent in Zach Wilson. So he could easily flame out this year and, you know, be absolutely nothing next year, be on a different roster in two years. And, you know, it's bye bye to your fantasy value there. You're looking for another guy. But there's a lot of people that will try that, myself included, to get some of the upper echelon skill players because you do have more skilled players on your roster. So I just wanted to kind of get a quick word. That's where you need to know what your strategy is, Justin, when you go into a draft. If you feel comfortable doing that, and that's fine. And so, you know, what you you need to develop your strategy before you start drafting, you know, because then, you you know, then you're going to be out there, you know, without a lifeboat and, you know, well, that's kind of like where I'm like thinking with like, because 
it, it's kind of just like we've been talking about reading the room, taking the best player available. Sometimes, if Jonathan Taylor falls to me at one hundred eight, how yes, am I not especially do in the that? first round? The first, first running back over the best the possible floor player all day long. I'll take the first running back over the eighth. It, quarterback. it depends on it depends on your strategy. Are you going for one of those in year one, or are you going for you know a couple years down the road? Are you trying to set yourself up for long term success? Or do you want to blitz, get a couple of rings, get a couple of chips early, and then build from there? Yep. But right. I, I agree that I agree with Kevin in the in the idea that if it's a two quarterback league, you all you have to go with your first pick. You have to go. You almost have to. Almost well, have to. Why you're going to lose out? I'm fine with coming out of. I I, I would be fine coming out of any other draft with a John and the Taylor and Jamar Chase. I would feel like I won the lottery. I'd probably do a lot. But you won't. You wouldn't come out of like a one QB league that way, you know. But in a two in a two QB league, then I mean, you're you're setting yourself up to have to go with somebody. I don't want a Kirk Cousins as my top quarterback in a two. No, if you've got that in in a two quarterback league, he's your top quarterback. You are not going to win. Yeah, Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. You know that that would be that would be good. (laughs) <laughs> all right guys real quick let's do a quick plug um let's start off with kev what can we, where are we seeing you i know you're doing the baseball live show tonight um uh plug it tell me what you're working on for this week yeah go ahead buddy all right so as you said justin the uh, baseball show tonight 8 p.m eastern 7 central and, uh, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend that goes hand in hand with baseball. So we're going to look back on what's happened in, in baseball and in fantasy up till now and then take a look at the summer and what's getting ready to come. And, uh, you know, you can always look forward to an article from me in, in the fantasy spectrum over there on Belly Up. So uh, just take a look and, you know, be, you know, it'll be coming soon. Yeah. Kev is always there to help you with your baseball waiver wire stuff. I don't do fantasy baseball, but I've checked out a lot of his articles extremely helpful stuff always getting some good reviews on reddit chase how are you doing buddy what are you up to this week oh trying to get past this effing play opening first off but um <laughs> once i get on the other side of that oh yeah check me out bellyupfantasysports.com i'll have some football articles up i'm going to be doing a green bay packers uh review of their fantasy prospects for this year i'll be doing a cleveland browns review i'll probably have a few other teams as well coming up um, so you can always check me out there or like it, like it says, find me on at STT chase FFB on Twitter, uh, for some, some fun, some hot, hot takes, depending on, you know, what your definition of hot is <laughs> burning um, down the house hot. <laughs> right. Find me there always. And, uh, and of course, right here every Sunday. All right. Awesome. Um, and as always, you can find me at Semtex Max 93, um, I also do Dynasty Brews podcast, and as a part of that team analysis that you were just talking about, Chase, I actually just got my first one out for the New York Jets, so you can and, check and, that and out. Justin, if I might say, I read that article. It is outstanding, so definitely get over there and check that out. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Um, and, yeah, as always, Belly Up family, it's great to see you again. Um, I might hop on these shows every once in a while if the duck wants to go and hang out in the pond a little bit more. Um, But anyways, guys, have a great one. Have a great Memorial Day. Happy barbecuing. Happy uh, outside time. Just get outside. Go fish. Do something. Remember why we're celebrating. 
Hell yeah. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.